Nashville Predators get the 2-1 overtime win over the Anaheim Ducks. And even though it was closer, maybe a little bit sloppier than a lot of people would have preferred, I'm going to tell you why the Preds should be happy with how they played over the past week. That's coming up on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who would have much preferred to be at that wild Kraken versus Kings game (laughs) than at Bridgestone Arena last night for a 2-1 thing. (laughs) Yeah, it it would have been a little bit more interesting scoring-wise. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Yeah, for those of you uh, who don't know what we're talking about, uh, final score last night, Seattle Kraken 9, LA Kings 8. Yes. It was an overtime game. Our friend Erica Ayala at Locked on Kraken, she's going to have an hour and 48-minute episode for the post game, just in case you're wondering how long it takes to break down a 9-8 win. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be like, I feel like her episode today is just going to be uh, like the Charlie Day, Pepe Sylvie on the, on the, on the, on like the background, just like the giant pieces and thread <laughs> going everywhere. And it's like, how, how do you even begin? Uh, if you, if, would you be like in the crowd thinking this is awesome? Or would you be like the person where like after you blew an eight to six lead, be like, like throw your, like jersey down in disgust yeah Throw some you know what on top of it um first of all i wouldn't be eating nachos second of all i i'm the person oh, if i was true. at i don't do nachos i don't do nachos because when you say to them is the cheese spicy and they say no and then you get the cheese and it tastes like jalapenos like i've i've done that dance one time too many i know that nachos betray me but if I were in a game that had that score, I am the kind of person that I would not probably enjoy it in the sense that I would just feel so bad for the goaltenders. Now, like if it was nine, eight and there were no goalies and it was like just the forwards and defensemen jump in to kind of cover the goals. Okay. Then I'm entertained, but it would cause me so much angst for the goaltenders because I'm like, they're going to feel so bad about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, it was one goaltender. Seattle. Seattle left Martin Jones in the, the entire game. Look, that team, if the Seattle Kraken does not bring Martin Jones breakfast in freaking bed this morning, he, then he, it, in, he let in eight goals. Let's not make him a revered hero here. He let in eight goals. He let was no one else on the ice. I mean, look, Ella. He let it equals LA Kings only had 35 shots. <laughs> okay. it's, it's not, it's not like, I mean, UC Soros, that's a shutout. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I will say maybe they should just bring him a muffin. When you when you whip out the shots and the numbers, then maybe it's just a really big muffin with those big crystals of sugar on top. Yeah. And we'll call that done. Yeah. Uh, hey, Fred's play the Edmonton Oilers in a couple of weeks, so who knows? Maybe we'll see our, <laughs> our own 9-8 showdown. Oh, gosh. Uh, of course, it was not 9-8 to eight last night at Bridgestone Arena. It was 2-1 to one in overtime. The Preds beat the Anaheim Ducks in a game that kind of hard to break down a little mm -hmm. bit just because it's kind of hard to dictate it. Uh, scoreless first period until Colton Sissons halfway through the second period buries a elite pass from oh, gosh. the Preds of one nothing. Ducks swarmed in the third period. Troy Terry came in all alone to tie up the game, but then in overtime, Roman Yossi. Came down the left-hand side, buried a good feed over uh, John Gibson, who I think it should have said played a great game last night to give the Preds the overtime winner. Two to one, the final score. And your one word to describe last night's 2-1 win. So again, like you said, it's hard to recap this game. So it also was really challenging to me to come up with a one word. So I ended up coming up with a one movie scene. And it's a movie that we actually mentioned in yesterday's show. One of my all-time favorite movies, Love Actually. Definitely. Uh, Hard. I also love Die Hard. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I do love Die Hard. But I like the, the Love Actually version that takes out. There's one whole storyline that is not like television approved so i'm talking about that version everybody um but in that version there are two best friends and one ends up marrying kira knightley and the other best friend is in love with her so he kind of acts like he's not and finally at the end of the movie he shows up at their house she answers the door and he has these this poster board and on this poster board it says, with any luck by next year, I'll be dating one of these girls. And it's like pictures of like Cindy Crawford and Kate Moss and all these models. But for now, let me say without hope or agenda, just because it's Christmas and at Christmas you tell the truth, to me, you are perfect. And that is me standing outside of UC Soros's locker, just holding that sign because to me, UC Soros was perfect and then the scene ends with him walking away she runs out she gives him a kiss and then she's kind of like and we're done and she runs back to her husband who she loves and he turns and walks away and he says enough enough now and i'm like that is where this team needs to be with uc soros like uc soros is to them perfect but enough yeah. enough make the these amazing shots that you're generating stop counting on uc Soros to win a 1-1 tie with the anaheim freaking ducks yeah get it done so for me that's my one word is that movie scene to me uc Soros is perfect enough enough now can i tell you that i have seen that movie scene like parodied oh yeah pictures of it millions of places Never seen it. Never. You've never seen the whole movie? Never seen the whole movie. Never seen that. Never seen the actual scene all the way through. Really? Ever I've seen like screenshots. I know I knew exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about Karen Knightley. Never saw the scene. Never saw the movie. I couldn't tell you the people involved. I know it's the dude from Walking Dead. But yes. 
It is. Oh, Alan Rickman is this movie is in this movie, and oh. there's so many stars in this movie. Okay, we're gonna have a virtual Christmas movie night. Okay. That's what we need to plan: virtual with, Christmas movie night. Die Hard. With Die Hard and Love Actually. Again, great one-two combination. <laughs> what is your one word to describe this game? Is it from the, Die Hard? It is not from Die Hard. Uh, we need to have a Die Hard themed one word someday. We do. Yeah. Um, my one word comes from The Office, the famed TV show. My one word to describe this game is Dwight Schrute. Because every, <laughs> look, here's the thing with Dwight Schrute. What's the one thing he wanted from the very thing the show started? He wants to be in charge of Dunder Mifflin. He mm -hmm. wants to be manager. That's his goal. Just yes. like the Predators when they came out last night, their one goal was to win the hockey game. And you can just tell, like, from the first couple of episodes that Dwight was destined to be manager of Dunder Mifflin. Like, you knew when the series ended, it was going to be Dwight taking over for Michael, or in this case, the millions of other terrible... Michaels, yeah. Yeah, the terrible collection of people that came in after the series should have just ended. Mm-hmm. But you just knew, you just knew from watching it, from watching his thing, how loyal he was to Dunder Mifflin that, look, this guy is going to take over the company. You watch the Preds game last night and it's like, look, they're, you're, they're destined to win this. They're just playing too well. They're just dominating Anaheim too well, with the exception of a couple spots. And look, Dwight had his screw ups. He actually fired a gun in the middle of Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> The Predators <laughs> accidentally let Troy Terry come into the slot unmarked. Those things happen. But you know what? At the end of the day, they still won a game. They were destined to win. It might have been a little bit harder. Might a little bit of a bumpy road. But just mm -hmm. like Dwight was able to finally overcome Nelly and Andy and Robert California, the Preds were able to overcome John Gibson and Anaheim, California. So Dwight Schrute. Love you it. Are the patriarch of the Nashville Predators win over the Anaheim Ducks? I love it. We should all eat beets in celebration. That's that is Perfectenschlag right there. You Perfectenschlag. Perfectenschlag is that a Dwight Schrute thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. At least some of you've seen The Office. Oh my gosh! I okay. I have okay. seen the okay. I have I seen say. The Office. There's we're gonna have to add the office to the uh, <laughs> diehard uh, festivities coming up. Now, uh, see, the real question is: Do you want to eat nachos or do you want to eat beets? Can you take like beets with nacho cheese on top? I think we can do anything we want to. All we right. ain't lost. It's our that, show. That's what I love about this podcast. Here. <laughs> Uh, hey, so more from this game. We'll talk about UC Saros. We'll talk about the line switch-ups that happened before the game and what we think of those and other takeaways from last night's game. All coming up in just a second. But first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course, hockey. They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which we assume you do because you're listening to us talk about nacho cheese on beats, 
you can find those as well at betonline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, and we are talking about the Preds 2-1 overtime win over the Anaheim Ducks. The Preds continue their overall good run of play. Uh, what's one of the takeaways that you had from last night's game after watching? You know, it was really interesting. One of my big takeaways from this game, and it's it's a thing that has been a little bit frustrating at times for the Nashville Predators, and, you know, I'm sure other teams wrestle with this, but very frustrating, is that the Predators dominated play in the first and second periods. You know, we were at the game sitting there watching this, and we're like, okay, this is going to be, we just need that one goal, and it's going to blow the lid off of this, and the Predators are going to end up winning this, you know, 5 nothing, 5-1, because there were so many great high-danger chances. The Predators really were in control of the game they controlled the neutral zone very well but that never really happened and in about two or three minutes into the third period my husband and I were like predators are not owning this third period so one of my big takeaways from this game is you cannot play a 40 minute game and expect to win a game that ends in 60 minutes now the predators were very lucky that they they won it in overtime and they played well you know their third period wasn't a total dumpster fire but if you look at the statistics they really let their foot off the gas in the third period. And I think maybe Nashville had that feeling too, like we broke through with this one goal and now the floodgates are going to open. And it was like, no, you you still have to generate the same number of chances. You still have to, to control the puck as much as you did in the first. And their statistics really fell off in the third period. Now I get it, statistics don't tell everything, but the numbers really reflected the eye test for those last 20 minutes of play. It was very frustrating. It's a 60-minute game, friends. Great 40 minutes. Those six, those last 20 minutes, it just the Predators took their foot off the gas too much. Yeah, and it goes back to kind of what we talked about before. It's just the Preds kind of have these pockets where it's like they dominate the game overall. You know, first and second period, it looked like they were going to wind up just opening the door and running yeah. away with it. Um, and then the third period came and they just really couldn't get a lot of stuff together. There's just a lot of moments uh, where, you know, you know, they, you know, Anaheim had their kind of like odd man chances and the two man breakaway in the uh, yes. you know, period, which we got to talk about that. And, and that really adds to UC Soros being kind of the MVP of this game was he put up with a lot, even though the Preds were dominating, <laughs> there was flip ups, but the third period was different. You know, it wasn't like these, you know, kind of odd breakaway chances or like counter punches or anything like that. And I was getting sustained pressure. Like they played like the predators played in the first two periods. And I think that was, you know, the bigger concern because look, you know, every team's going to have their great chances. There are going to be some breakaways that you have to clean up, but you know, for them to see the predators, you know, kind of get tired in the third, yeah. you know, not really turning it up. That was a concern. Although I will say, you know, maybe, you know, a after that Troy Terry goal, mm -hmm. I will say I thought the predators responded well. And that's they did. the takeaway I had is, they didn't let those floodgates open. They didn't let the game kind of collapse. That kind of woke them up. Uh, the only, you know, my only thing is I would hope that they would wake up, you know, find ways to wake up before that goal goes in because you could kind of see that Troy Terry goal coming 
from a yes. wide play. And I wish the Preds would have taken some of those early chances in the third against UC Saros that Saros had to bail them out on and say, okay, we're getting dangerously close. We got to turn it up here. We got to flip the switch. Yes. And you know, the goal that Troy Terry had, he was, you know, the, the puck found him kind of in an open spot, but that was a save that during the game, you'd seen sorrow make some of those high danger saves. And as we were watching it, it was like that you could just see the puck kind of fumbled past his glove and he almost sort of kicked it in. It was one of those kind of freaky goals, but I agree with what you're saying in that after that goal, the predators kind of took it up a notch and you think back to the game against uh, the LA Kings, the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, where the Predators had the game, they were ahead, and then all of a sudden, when it gets tied up, you almost saw it stun the Predators. And there really wasn't that kind of stunning moment after that tying goal in the third period for the Predators. They just continued to do what they had done well the first and second period and kind of got back to that game. But it's those little pockets like we've talked about those little pockets that can win and lose a game. I wondered how, you know, in watching this game, did you really see anything that made you think, okay, this is a Nashville Predators team that's had six days off of game speed? No, I mean, other than the yeah. third period, because I thought the Preds came out early, really, really strong. Yeah. You know, I saw them get the bulk of the early chances. We talked about, you know, Anaheim getting like a couple of on-man mushers and breakaways. Maybe that's um, something you have to kind of look into just mm -hmm. to see, hey, like, you know, was there a defensive lapse here? Were you a little bit sloppy? Did somebody kind of fall asleep? And that led to this chance. But I didn't see anything that made me think like, oh, this is the Predators sleepwalking through this game again. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I felt like they, ex and I feel like they executed a lot of things well that they've struggled with. I feel like they really executed well through the neutral zone. We do need to talk about the power play. Y'all, we got to talk yeah. about the power play. They're like... Anaheim Ducks are like the worst or second worst, second to last in the league in power play. And we had two opportunities and just couldn't couldn't kind of get it get it going. So they, there was, a, and I will tell you at Bridgestone Arena, there was some dissatisfaction kind of rumbling lowly through the crowd after those power plays. But I do think for the most part, the Predators had a clean game. They had a well-executed game, not a lot of sloppy play, which was good to see. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the line switches. John Hines tweaking yeah. things again uh, before the game, putting the line blender back in use. Uh, you know, the top two lines, or the top line doesn't change. Uh, Colton mm -hmm. Sisters with Matt Duchesne and Tanner Janot. Kind of an interesting combination there. You also had Ryan Johansson and Nito Niederreiter with Cole Smith mm -hmm. and Cody Glass with Mark Jankowski and the returning Yakov Trenin. Uh, and, I mean, I like the way all – of those three new lines played together. Yeah, I really thought this this was maybe something that it would be great to see going forward consistently. I thought that uh, Sissons, Jano, and Duchesne, really interesting line. And after the game and the post-game media, you know, Sissons was saying, you know, just in practice, we realized, you know, we really are kind of connecting while we're reading the, the game well. We've kind of got that ubiquitous chemistry that we talk about, the magic in hockey that we kind of talk about. And I think that translated really well on the ice, especially that first goal. I am telling you, 
Matt Duchesne's pass to a streaking Colton Sissons, who shot the goal from his rear end, but it still counts. Um, really great anticipation, really great understanding of the play as it unfolds and what is coming next and where Sissons was going to be. So loved that line. I, I think that's a really interesting line. Um, and I will also say, I thought Glass, Jankowski, and Trennan, I thought Yakov Trennan had a great game back. He, my, my husband said, why is it always Yakov Trennan chasing the puck? <laughs> And I'm like, because that's Yakov Drennan. That's what he does. Yakov Drennan does. And he had a good return. I mean, you can tell the press were easing him in, not wanting to put too much on his plate. But, um, yeah. hey, I mean, that line, you know, they got some things. Cody Glass looked dangerous again offensively. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about how good Mark Jankowski has been playing since he's been up here. And, you know, you bring in Yakov Trennan, who's kind of that chase car, uh, mm -hmm. as somebody you want the Preds to kind of get going and finish his chances. He's, he's with a good player in Cody Glass to make that happen. Yes, I would agree with that. And you've got, you know, somebody who chases the puck. Jankowski is a little bit of everywhere. And I think Cody Glass really kind of has that talent to set those two up for some really great things. So I would love to see this line kept together. Again, though, just pointing out Ellie Tolvanen, healthy scratch. And I feel like that's a podcast episode waiting to happen for us. But here's the thing, like, who do you take out for Ellie Tolvanen right now? Right. Because right. you look at the numbers, you know, that was that was kind of the argument for Ellie Tolvanen last year was, hey, his, like, goals and assists weren't there, like, the points weren't there. But he, you know, you look at some of the advanced analytics and stuff like that, he was doing a lot of other things, right? Like, he was generating chances. He was really good defensively. That part of his game hasn't quite been here this season. So, yeah, you mm -hmm. do want to get him back in. You want to get him more chances. But at this point, it's like with the way everybody's playing, who do you take out of the lineup? Right. I mean, the most underperforming player right now is Tanner Janot. And do you want to take Tanner Janot out of the lineup? No, because at some point he won't underperform. Yeah. You don't want him sitting out. So yeah, definitely well, something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I, again, I feel like that's a that's a debate all of its own. Yeah, that's a whole separate podcast. And one of these days we're going to record that podcast and it's going to hurt our hearts when we do. <laughs> but we do still have more that we want to talk about about this game. It was a 2-1 overtime win over the Anaheim Ducks, which on paper does not sound as impressive for the Nashville Predators as maybe fans would like it to be. But coming up, we're going to talk about why this game should actually be a little bit reassuring to Predators fans as they look ahead to what we talked about yesterday. Just a little bit of a gauntlet nightmarish scenario in December. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. For your second listen, let us recommend Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories across all sports, you get to go behind the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts with local insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app. It's on YouTube and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and so let's talk about how we judge this game last night. And let's talk about how we judge the last few games because once again, this is a game that the Predators in a lot of areas controlled, dominated for the vast majority of the game, which you want to see. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it's 
you know, the third game in a row that got a result that makes you, you know, just when you're giving it a first glance, go, huh. Hmm. You know, they they dominated Arizona, but, you know, that game went to a shootout. Dominated Detroit, lost 3 nothing in that one. And then dominated Anaheim for the majority of the game and, you know, had to eke out a 2-1 shootout win over the team that's currently the worst team in the NHL. So it's it's odd, and because you're doing a lot of the things you want to see the Preds do, which is this, you know, puck possession, consistent game management kind of style of play that's just suffocating teams left and right. Uh, but at the other end, you know, are you concerned that maybe they're not translating to – bigger results on the score sheet and if so how do you fix that yeah it's a little bit hard to sort of reconcile the eye test the scoreboard and the advanced statistics when you look at these last couple of games you know and especially the game in Detroit and the game last night because when you look at the statistics what you see is that the Nashville Predators in these last two two games have really dominated in things like time of possession puck possession, um, high danger chances. They've definitely excelled in the high danger chances in both of those games. But one thing that I thought was really interesting that Matt Duchesne kind of mentioned a little bit in passing last night is he was saying, you know, it seems like we've run into some really hot goalies lately. And that's just sort of one of those things that you're like, that's just something a hockey player says. But then you really look at it and you think, man, Billy, you know, There, I mean, there was nothing. He could have been guarding the tunnel of a train track (laughs) and nobody would have gotten anything past him. I mean, he just, that was one of the best goaltending performances I've seen in a really long time. And I've watched UC Soros every game. Um, And then you look at John Gibson and you think, really, John Gibson, have you seen his numbers? And what's interesting about Gibson, if you really break down his numbers game by game, where his save percentages, where his statistics are, are because he has these just awful games. And I'm talking like you avert your eyes, goaltending games. But in amongst those are games like last night's game where he simply is seeing the puck. He is not going to let things in. I mean, it is not that Nashville was throwing trash on net. You know, in the third period, they were kind of they were setting up some shots where they weren't getting second and third chances and that matters, but the predators had really good number of high danger chances in the first and second periods. And John Gibson was just on. And so I'm not making an excuse, but I am saying, you know, the facts are Matt Duchesne might be right. I mean, the statistics look like the predators should have won this like four one. The predators won it in overtime two one over the worst team in the league. But I still look at the advanced stats and you know, I'm not a huge advanced stats person necessarily. I'm more of like, what's your gut tell you? What's the eye test tell you? But these two things match. And I think the predators are doing better than what the score sheet is reflecting, even against Detroit when they lost the game. Yeah. I mean, you look at the expected goals uh, from natural stature. Mm-hmm. My predators had just under four. Uh, Anaheim had just over two. So it's like, well, if you're just judging by quality of play, Pred should have won this game four two. Yeah. Uh, for John Gibson, and this is wild. This is only the second start this season uh, that he has had one or fewer regulation goals mm-hmm. in a game. 
So he's been bad, but this was like easily maybe one of his best games of the year yes. uh, so far. And he's this is a guy who started 18 games. That was only the second time he's allowed uh, one goal or fewer in regulation. So yeah. that, so yeah, I mean, give them credit. And you know, Billy Huso in Detroit the other Ooh. night is a guy who you know may be a Vezina finalist by the end of yeah. the year. He leads the NHL in shutouts right now. Uh, and then you know, the other night, Connor Ingram. You got to give Connor Ingram credit. I mean, he's probably the most motivated he's ever been, you know, coming back to the arena and to the team that, you know, ultimately cut him from the roster that didn't really believe in him as a backup goalie. So, you know, you kind of run into all these goaltending performances and you kind of take a step back and it's like, you know what, this, this, this stretch right here is going to happen where Mm -hmm. you're playing good pucks just aren't always going into the net. You're running into really good goalies. Um, you know, Matt Duchesne had the best chance of the night for either team. And John, yes. John Gibson shut the door on that. So, you know, these games are going to happen, you know, and I will say, yeah, you know, you got to find a way to finish some of these chances like that, that Philip Forsberg breakaway uh, goal in overtime, you know, yes. you hit that and, you know, Gibson made it say, but at the same time, it's like, eh. You know, there, you Forsberg probably could have made a little bit of a better play there, Forsberg. Yeah. But you know what? What can you really say or do there? I mean, the Preds got the win, and you know, I, I do, I do think that this is kind of one of those things that you have to just sit back and be like, you know what? These games are happening. Like we're going to run into a game in which we're doing everything right. We're just getting running into a brick wall. Those games are going to happen, and you're happy that you get out with two points instead of one or zero. Yes. And I think when you look at how the Predators are performing right now, you compare it to how the Predators were performing, you know, mid-October. You look ahead to the December schedule. I mean, tomorrow night they play the best team in the league. But you look at how the Predators are performing when you look at statistics, like set the scoreboard aside, look at the statistics, because this is what people do when the Predators win games. They say, oh, but yeah, look at the statistics. The team played poorly. Well, look at the statistics in these last couple games. The Predators really are playing well. I don't know that they're playing well enough that they're going to be able to beat the top team in the league. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. And we're going to preview that tomorrow. But this is sort of how you want to see the Predators executing a lot of things going into this stretch of December that's just absolutely a hockey gauntlet, yeah. which would be awful if you really think about a hockey gauntlet. Like, yeah, it's worse than it with sticks and I'm just know. thinking like the infinity gauntlet, the the Thanos mm-hmm. and Avengers, like he's got the devils and one knuckle, Colorado <laughs> on the other knuckle. See, I'm thinking they gotta you gotta run through like two lines of hockey players who are just beating you with their sticks. That doesn't sound fun. I wonder if they haze that way. No hazing. Hazing's bad. You you backtrack that comment very, very fast. Yeah, hazing is bad. There are people ready to jump in the comments on that one. (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, Ann, uh, Preds play the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. Devils right now, one of the two best records in the league. So we'll have to see how the Predators do that one because that's going to be a doozy. Uh, We'll have a full preview for that game uh, on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, Ann, give yourself a plug. Where can people find your work? You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. 
You can find me at onthefourcheck.com and wingingitinmotown.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Uh, and while you're on Twitter, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. However you're listening or watching this, whether you're listening on your favorite uh, podcast platform like Apple or Spotify or you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Always know when you'll be the first to get new episodes out. And also, leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know your thoughts on the game last night. We love hearing from you guys. That's going to do it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you very much for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with Preds Devils Preview.